Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Oh, just because I, <laughs> I have an exquisite posh voice. Yes. Well, um, of course, there's terror all over the place, and I know that you're quaking in your boots. Oh, yes. And all the terror. Yes. All the terror. Yes. And um, they... But in the, I want to concentrate on the British the one at the moment. The unsayable in the British general election is this. The causes of the Manchester atrocity, in which 22 mostly young people were murdered by jihadists, are being suppressed to protect the secrets of British foreign policies. Oh. Critical questions such as why the security service MI5 maintained terrorist assets in Manchester <laughs> and why the government didn't warn the public of the threat in their midst. The alleged suicide bomber Salman Abidi was part of an extremist group, the Libyan Islamic Fighting Group, LIFG that have thrived in Manchester and has been cultivated by MI5 for more than 20 years. The smoking <laughs> gun is that when Theresa May was Home Secretary, the LIFG jihadists were allowed to travel unhindered across Europe and encouraged to engage in battle. First to remove Gaddafi, then exactly. to join Al-Qaeda-affiliated yes. groups in Syria. That's, that's what I was just going to say. You see, they were on the side... This is what gets me about attacking these governments, Gaddafi mm. and, uh, and now in Syria yeah, and, yeah. and going into Iraq, because, uh, because they say of the way the leaders were treating some of their own citizens. But the problem is some of their own citizens were these people who wanted to be jihadists and they were, they were tough on them and they were locking them up. And, and they if, were they, all su- if they support imperialist foreign policy, <laughs> they don't care how they treat their people. Well, the thing is <coughs> that, uh, and then, of course, Britain ta- and the United States and probably Australia takes them on because they're the enemy of the enemy is my That's friend. Right. Yeah, sort of thing. And uh, using them, and then, of course, it's turn they turn around and bite them on the bum. Yes, I know. And now they're complaining. Well, Lunak had a terrific cartoon. <laughs> Did you see that the other day? Yes. Very good cartoon. Well, last year the FBI replaced Abidi, this is the the, the, the terrorist, on a terror watch list. This is last year, and warned MI5 that his group was looking for a political target in Britain. Why wasn't he apprehended? The Manchester atrocity licks, lifts the rock on British foreign policy to reveal its Faustian lines with extreme Islam, especially the sect known as Wahhabism, which, yes, is, which the, is Saudi Arabia. Which is Saudi Arabia whose pr- principal custodian and banker is the oil kingdom of Saudi Arabia, <sighs> Britain's largest weapon. Buyer, yes, and in the United States, and true, too. that's right. Well, now they just sold them 100 million, pledged 100 million, they could buy 100, just 100 billion, billion, dollars. Yeah, million, that's billion right. whatever. Yeah, it all seems the same. number, yes. This, this imperial manage reaches back to the Second World War in the early days of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. The aim of British policy then was to stop pan Arabism. Hmm. Pan-Arabism. That is, Arab states developing a modern, secular societies hmm. and asserting their independence from the imperialist West and, more importantly, <coughs> controlling their resources. Yes. Uh, the creation of a rapacious Israel was meant to make this, to expedite this. Pan-Arabism has since been 
all right, okay, I, I've been told to increase the volume of my mic. All right. Uh, in 2011, according to Middle Eastern Eye, these, this terrorist group in Manchester were known as the Manchester Boys. They were opposed to Gaddafi, they were considered high risk, and a number of them were under house, home office control orders. <laughs> Suddenly, the control orders were lifted. Says one of their members, I was allowed to go. No questions asked. <laughs> MI5 returned their passports and counter-terrorism police at Heathrow Airport were told to let them board their flights. The overthrow of Gaddafi, who controlled Africa's largest oil reserves, yes. had long been planned in Washington and London. According to French intelligence, the LIFG made several assassination attempts on Gaddafi in the 1990s, bankrolled by British intelligence. In 2011, France, Britain and the US seized the, inter the opportunity of a humanitarian intervention, which I must confess I was fooled by, and attack Libya. They were joined by NATO under the cover of a US resolution to, quote, protect civilians. Look, I have to do a bit of bragging here. I haven't been pulled in by any of that crap, honestly. I've never thought that they needed to go into these countries because these... Well, I vacillated very bad. You, did, you were a vacillator. I vacillated on that and I was wrong. In I was Syria, wrong. you did, yes. No, no. On oh. Syria, no, on Syria, I... I mm. Total correctness. Total correctness. <laughs> <laughs> Last September, a House of Commons Foreign Policy Select Committee concluded that the Prime Minister David Cameron had taken the country to war against Gaddafi on a series of erroneous assumptions, otherwise known as lies, and that this attack had led to the rise of the Islamic State in North Africa. The Commons Committee quoted what it called Barack Obama's pithy description of Cameron's role in Libya as a shit show. <laughs> In fact, Obama was a leading actor in the shit show, yes. urged on by exactly. his warmongering Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, yes. and the media accusing Gaddafi of planning genocide against yes. his own people. We knew that if we waited one more day, said Obama breathlessly, yes. Benghazi, a city the size of Charlotte, could suffer a massacre that would have reverberated against the region and stained the conscience of the world. The massacre story was fabricated by Safarist militias facing defeat by the Libyan government forces. The proposition that Gaddafi would have ordered the massacre of civilians in Benghazi was not supported by any actual hard evidence. No. Britain, France and the United States effectively destroyed Libya as a modern state. Yes. According to its own records, NATO launched 9,700 strike sorties of which more than a third were civilian targets. Exactly. They included fragmentation bombs and missiles with uranium warheads. The cities of Mesurato and Surati were carpet-bombed. Cameron was celebrated in Tripoli, he was then the British Prime Minister, celebrated in Tripoli as a liberator, or he imagined he was. <laughs> the crowds cheering him included those secretly supplied and trained by Britain's SAS, and inspired by the Islamic State, such as the Manchester Boys. To the British and the French, uh, sorry, to, uh, to the Americans and the British, Gaddafi's cr true crime was his independence and his plan to abandon the petrodollar, a pillar yes, of American exactly. imperial power. Yes. 
He had audaciously planned to underwrite a common African currency backed by gold. Yes. He wanted to establish an all-African bank and promote economic union amongst poor countries with prized uh, resources. Whether or not this would have happened is another question, but the very notion was absolutely intolerable to the US as it prepared to, quote, enter Africa and bribe American governments with military partnerships. The fallen dictator fled for his life. A Royal Air Force plane mm. spotted his convoy and in the rubble of Serte he was sodomised with a knife by a fanatic described in the news, in the Western news, as a rebel. Yes, yeah, and not only that, yeah. Well, he was tortured and sodomised. That's and... right. Having plundered <laughs> Libya's $30 billion arsenal, the rebels advanced south, terrorising towns and village. They crossed into Mali. They destroyed the country's fragile stability. The ever-eager French sent planes and troops to their fallen colony to fight al-Qaeda, or so they said. On the 14th of October 2011, President Obama announced that he was sending special forces to Uganda to join the civil war there. In the next few months, the US combat troops were sent to South Sudan, Congo and the Central African Republic, all in the interest of peace, of course. With Libya secured, an American invasion of the, America, of the African continent was underway, largely unreported. In London, one of the biggest arms fairs was staged by the British government. The buzz in the stands was, quote, the demonstration effect in Libya. So they were using what they did in Libya to show these various... Just how, how effective... Just these, how effective their yes. bombs were. Uh, the London Chamber of Commerce held a preview entitled Middle East, a vast market for US defence and security companies. Yes, it's, and if, if we, did we see, or have we at any point, seen uh, these articles, any articles uh, about families and, and uh, um, in these countries uh, and the people, the civilian losses and how awful it is for individual like if we had a yeah, life yeah, story yeah, of a yeah. family about you mean unlike the age the unlike age the, this week who's had about days, 40 pages days and days and days of it uh, and i'm not this i'm not saying that we shouldn't be upset about people getting killed and we're not but it's hypocrisy of the greatest order well, of that it's it hundreds of thousands probably millions have been killed in the middle east and in parts of africa we don't hear a word of how That's awful right. any That's of right. that is. And a bomb goes off in uh, Iraq, so what? Yes. And, and amazingly, they're never considered to be staged uh, phony false flag events. When they happen in Muslim countries, the well, conspiracy theorists are silent. It's only when yes. they happen in the West that they're obviously put on by the government. Well, that's the thing. And, and, and uh, one in particular, which was the, in Syria, which was the, uh, the alleged gas attack, mm -hmm. uh, Totally <coughs> no fabricated. No evidence. And no evidence. And this is the thing. You, you, you see, uh, people. Where's our media? I'm almost speechless because people get sucked in by this. They believe. Of course they But do. they don't see any photos of anything like uh, there's been massacres by Assad in Syria. Well, show me the photos. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, people yeah. take photos with their mobiles. Of or, course they do. There's none. No evidence of any of that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm ranting and raving. No, so no, you're I'll not stop. at all. Not at all. Uh, well, this one, a big arms fair, which sounds like the Melbourne show, really, doesn't it? Well, the host was the Royal Bank of Scotland, 
a major investor in cluster bombs, <laughs> which were used extensively against civilian targets in Libya. Yes. The blurb for the bank's arms party lauded the, quote, unprecedented opportunity for US defence and security companies. Of course. Uh, but you see, they attack the Syrians for dropping barrel bombs. Mm. Now, there wouldn't be... I don't know any people who actually know what a barrel bomb is, but they're, they're using cluster bombs. In the past, they've used napalm. Uh, they use all this... Nuclear-tipped. Uh, Nuclear-tipped. But everybody goes, oh, they're dropping barrel bombs in yeah, Syria. that's right. I mean, people are just so gullible. Yes, they are. It drives they me are. nuts. Well, people want to believe what they read. Last month... Theresa May, the British Prime Minister, was in Saudi Arabia selling more than $3 billion worth of British arms, which the Saudis then used against Yemen. And they beheaded 47 people the other day. Did they really? Yes. Nice, nice. Based in the control rooms in Riddah, the capital of Saudi Arabia, British military advisers assisted the Saudi bombing raids, which have killed more than 10,000 civilians. There are near, now clear sides of famine in Yemen. A Yemeni child yes. dies every 10 minutes from preventable yes. diseases, says UNICEF. Yes. The Manchester atrocity on May the 22nd was the product of such unrelenting state violence in faraway places, mm. much of it British-sponsored. It's known as blowback. And it's not surprising. If your no. country had been reduced to rubble from what had been a decent civil society... I think you'd be angry too. I don't know why anybody gets surprised by this, but nobody can see the wood for the trees because, uh, oh, they're attacking us. Well, why are they attacking, attacking us? Because yes. they're, <coughs> they're irrational nutters, is oh, the, the line. Yes. The London Underground, the, the truth struggles to be heard just as it struggles to be heard when the London Underground was bombed on July the 7th, 2005. Occasionally, a member of the public would break the silence such as the East Londoner who walked in front of a CNN camera crew and reporter who were in mid-bullshit <laughs> and said, Iraq, he said to the camera. We invaded Iraq. What do you expect? Yeah. Go on, say it. Yeah, yeah. Did that? What did they do? Oh, they would have uh, gone to a, an advertisement. That's and right, exactly. <laughs> um, many of the... Uh, uh, the spin is back, not surprisingly... This bloke in Manchester, he acted alone. He was a petty criminal no mm. more. The extensive network revealed last week by the American League has vanished. But the questions have not. Why was Abidi able to travel freely through Europe to Libya and back to Manchester only days before he committed his crime? Was Theresa May told by MI5 that the FBI had tracked him as part of an Islamist cell planning to attack a political target in Britain? about which they warned the British. Mm. In the current election campaign, Jeremy Cormans made a guarded reference to, quote, the war on terror that has failed. It's never a war on terror, but a war of conquest and subjugation. Yes. Palestine, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria uh, and uh, Iraq. Iran is said to be next. Yes, they're if, going to go. Well, that's the, they've already attacked. Somebody's attacked the parliament now. Well, that's what Saudis. That's what this business uh, with all, Qatar. You know, yeah, the Qatar. Exactly. That, yep. Before there is another Manchester, who will have the courage to say it? And ah. the business in Qatar is clearly because Qatar supports Iran. Yes. And the United States and Donald Trump has endorsed the Saudis blockading of Qatar, which is entirely dependent on food from Saudi yes, Arabia, yes, because they're landlocked. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
So the hypocrisy is there. So, uh, and our press, you know, oh, they fill me with us disgust. There's not, I mean, where's the fearless uh, Clark Kent reporters yeah. telling the truth? Not at all. They are uh, well, obnoxious serv- uh, servants of the establishment. Yep. The other thing, of course, when we're coming again to media nonsense, is the campaign against Chinese power and influence. Nine months ago, Peter Harcher, who's (laughs) the international editor of the Sydney Morning Herald, published an article calling for, quote, uh, uh, for action against foreign manipulation in Australia (laughs) by, quote, alleged pro-Chinese government, and here's the quote, rats, flies, mosquitoes and sparrows. That's how he's describing the Chinese. (coughs) (coughs) Pardon me. Last September's anti-Chinese campaign is resurfacing again to the the centre of political life. The ABC and Fairfax, the so-called liberal wing of the Australian media, can't imagine what the conservative wing's like. Well, we do know what the conservative wing's like. Well, we do. I just didn't want to think about them. (laughs) They're conducting a joint investigation into how Chinese Communist Party is secretly infiltrating Australia. And they're communists. Well, no. I've seen the word communist actually more often so have recently. I. So have I. Yeah. And it's They're as bad as communists yeah, as Rupert Murdoch. They were Murdoch. talking about China before, but now it's China communist. Communist, that's right. Yes, no, right. <laughs> uh, top journalists from both outlets, including Melbourne a- Age Foreign yeah. Affairs yeah. Uh, writer Daniel Flitton, a former yes. intelligence analyst, <laughs> and the ABC's political editor Chris Ullman, are conducting the investigation. <laughs> and they're making no secret of the fact that they're serving as a direct conduit for Asia, which is repeatedly cited as their prime source of information. Oh, yes, so we'll get the truth there, won't we? In introducing Four Corners, Chris Allman directly compared purported Chinese government activity in Australia with the unsubstantiated, largely bullshit allegations that the Russian government and its agents sought to subvert the US election oh, give me a break. and possibly deliver the presidency to, to Donald Trump. Well, to verge for a second, as if the United States hasn't influenced, attempted to influence, finance and uh, actually intervene in dozens and dozens of countries. Well, it's, it's, it's invaded, is it what, like something like 47 or 57 countries, yeah. more than... well. China's never invaded any country. You can you can, you can argue, argue about, about Tibet, about Tibet, but apart from that, and there's there's argument about it. Uh, they don't they haven't invaded anybody. United States is the invader. Well, it's likewise with the Soviet <laughs> Union. Well, we're with Russia. Who have they invaded? The crime in which they owned until 1954. And we're and we're supposedly into trading with everybody. And we're trading with China, and, and I mean, China's a big trading partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so now, though, and this thing about Chinese donations to politicians, and they're all having to put their heads down, they're all gone pink in the face yeah, because yeah. both sides. But what about donations from the United States to oh, oh, they're, our good politicians? they're good donations. They're good donations. Oh, they're good donations. They're good donations. Sorry. Sorry. The evidence presented of Chinese subversion in Australia is even more threadbare than the claims in the US of Russian interference. Oh. <laughs> Four Corners made great play of the case of Sherry Yan, a businesswoman with political connection in Beijing, mm-hmm. who specialised in arranging meetings between Chinese political and corporate leaders and their Australian and American counterparts. <coughs> in 2015, she was arrested in the US and pleaded guilty to taking part in bribing the late John Ashley, the President yeah. of the US General Assembly. 
Yan is married to a former intelligence officer, Roger Yurin, who retired in 2001. At the time of her arrest, ASIO raided their apartment in Canberra and purportedly found government documents dating back to the period of his employment. But Yuren was never charged with any crime, nor has Yan been charged with any attempt to bribe Australian politicians. Mm. According to the ABC Fairfax investigation, they've linked the Yan case with serious concern over the activities in Australia of two Chinese billionaires, Huang uh, Xianmo and Chai Chuck Win. Sorry about the pronunciation. Uh, Yan was at one time employed by Chow. The companies owned by the two businessmen have made substantial, entirely legal and publicly disclosed donations over the years to Australia Major's establishment parties, Labor and Liberal. Four Corners showed images, with appropriate music of course, showed images of a host of current and former Australian politicians who've received political donations from <laughs> these men or appeared at public events beside them. A partial list includes Liberal Party Trade Minister Andrew Robb, <gasps> Malcolm Turnbull, Julie Bishop job. and Labor Party Senators Sam Dastiari <laughs> and Chris Bowen. In the course of the Four Corners investigation, the ABC chose to interview Peter Jennings and Rory Medcalf, strategic commentators well known for their full support of the US military alliance. Peter Mathis, a former CIA agent, now a China watcher, and directly on behalf of the American state, Mike McCall, the multi-million dollar Republican who serves as chairman of the US House Committee on Homeland Security. McCall told the program that Australia was, quote, allowing a foreign government to influence your elections, and in this case, China was the biggest offender. Coming from a representative of the US state, which has never shielded away from wielding its influence on political and economic life in Australia, including taking part in conspiracies to remove at least two prime ministers, uh, yeah, including Rudd. Yeah, one obvious one. Well, well Gough Whitlam and... Uh, oh, sorry, Kevin sorry, Rudd. Gough Whitlam. Why does I say yeah. Malcolm Fraser? Gough Whitlam. To remove at least two prime ministers who fell foul of its gender. This yes. was nothing short of absurd. <laughs> Moreover, the donations by American-linked corporations to Australian Establishment Party runs into billions every year. And what about the influence that Murdoch has on the, on the press? Well, that, that Australian. That Australian. Well, he's American. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they want to give him more. I think now that they're going to relax the media laws, he'll own yeah, everything. That's right. The evidence of so-called Communist Party influence consisted of remarks made by Sam Dastieri one day after Huang, one of the billionaires, cancelled a large donation to the Labor Party. Dastyari differed with Labor's announcements during the 2016 federal election that it would support the Australian Navy conducting a freedom of navigation operation against Chinese territorial claims in the South China Seas. Far from influencing Australian policy, Dastyari's statement opposing such an operation only became a front-page news after the election. The, me the media, the Fairfax media, utilised Dastiari's comments to initiate an hysterical anti-Chinese vendetta in the newspaper. Mm. Harcher, in his Sydney Morning mm. Herald article, laboured Dastiari as, quote, one of the most prominent of the pro-Chinese political rats in Australia, oh, but insisted that many more would be exposed. Uh, yes, and he's got an open mind, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. Four Corners insinuated that many of the one million Australians of Chinese background, along with 140,000 oh, yes. Chinese students, 
constitute a virtual fifth column, loyal to and spying on behalf of the Chinese state. Now, communists. Well, uh, communist, yes, that's right. And you can imagine how what valuable information a Chinese student over here to study Absolutely. business Absolutely. I was talking to a couple of them yesterday. Do they we reveal were, any state secrets uh, while you were talking to them? Well, I was trying to get them out of them, but we were basically talking about how cold it was. <laughs> ah, yeah, that was code. It was that code. Was code. <laughs> But, uh, but the Chinese have been here since the 1800s, haven't they? So have they been doing it all that time? Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> Spying. Yeah. Spying. In the most sinister fashion, the program showed footage of a 2016 demonstration by several thousand Chinese students opposing US actions against Beijing's territorial claims in the South China Sea. Well, it's not only Chinese. Students who object to that, Australians like you and I, also object to <laughs> yes. that. Yes. The implication was that the ABCs considered such protests an illegitimate challenge to US and Australian foreign policy. Oh, please. In April 2017, independent Senator Nick Xenophon, similarly in possession of insider knowledge, delivered a rare policy speech. He spoke with great concern of the prospect of Australia joining the US in provocative actions against China, yes. which he said could result in full-scale war with our largest export market. Well, that's all true. Well, yes, but that's not the only issue, no, really, no, is it? Of course it? not. The market. Course, it's no. more about... Uh, well, Supporting... you think about where America's got all its bases, and mm. yet China wants to try and, and uh, defend itself in certain areas, uh, which is normal, given that... In the China Sea. Propensity, <laughs> propensity of America to invade countries. Well, America has uh, nuclear missiles surrounding both China and Russia. Yeah. Pakistan, and it's, Turkey, Japan, yeah. Poland. And it's like Russia wanting to protect its interests in relation to Syria and, and the borders. Uh, but they're not allowed to do it, you see. It's like North Korea. North Korea is not allowed to defend itself. No, no, right? no, no, no. And uh, so because it's testing stuff, they go on and on about how mad they are. And, and so everybody's brainwashed about North Korea. Yes. They're not allowed to defend themselves. Uh, and they're so, not allowed to have six nuclear warheads. No. But the United States is allowed to have 1,300. Yes. Explain the logic of that to me. Well, because there's goodies and bads. Well, of course there is. I forgot. Yes. Nothing in bourgeois politics can be dismissed as simply coincidental or accidental. The Australian political and military intelligence establishment is seeking through its major media mouthpieces to generate nationalist anti-Chinese sentiment within the population. Intelligence is an oxymoron there. Well, the true. Aimed at intimidating and silencing the widespread opposition in the Australian working class and amongst young people yes. to the US-led preparations for war. That's what the issues are, are here. And so please don't be filled with a hot... Oh. Fooled by the horror and more horror attitude uh, that we're, we're getting from Well, the now press. we've got horror in Brighton. <laughs> well, that's right. A bloke murders a bloke in a flat. Well... And that becomes a terrorist incident. But the thing is, have we seen... I haven't seen pages and pages about this man's family and his life and anything, the man who died, mm -hmm. who was the... Uh, receptionist or caretaker, whatever, whatever. caretaker. Yeah. nothing much. I mean, I've seen a little bit in the age about it, but I haven't seen much about anything. Well, there's pictures and of his poor old mother right. grieving. Which yes, was but we didn't, we haven't heard heart about... Heartrending. Uh, yeah. Oops, sorry, that was my... Uh, oh. Uh, but this is the thing. We, we, we rate people according to their 
where they come from, their colour of their skin, as to how upset we're going to get about their deaths. We haven't seen thousands of flowers out the front of that place for that man. No, no, and they should be. He was a genuinely innocent person. With candles. That's right. None of that stuff. That's right. White is right and white is better. Yes, it makes me sick too. Well, people, we're coming up to 10.30. You'll have a chance to ring up now on any topic on nine four one nine zero one double five. That's nine four one nine zero one double five. Please remember, next week is Radiothon. Mm. We will be discussing the politics of the day, but we will also be imploring you for cashish. Yes, we're keep... taking our clothes off in this program. If that will help, <laughs> uh, and uh, would not actually deter people from donating to three CR, I'll do it. Right. Um, oh. I don't know if we particularly want that. <laughs> but uh, next week, right, we could, this program depends on 3CR. Yes. And it depends on you keeping 3CR and this program well, on the air. It's and essential. We're the only media. We're the only independent media. You may not agree with everything you say, but at least it's different to the mainstream media. At yes. least it gives you something to think about and make up your own mind rather than getting one-sided right-wing horseshit, if you forgive my vulgarity, um, of the of the bourgeois press. And yes. we, I think we've shown time and time again oh. they do not tell the truth. Well, They're I'm... not interested in the truth. They are propaganda organs for the establishment. I, I get the age, uh, digital age online, right. and I just flick through it at the moment. I can't even bear to read any of the crap that they're putting in. I've tried to maintain... Reading the age because yes, I've got to I read something. To. Well, I do read right. other things as well, yes, yes, and I do look at RT, which everybody says is commo propaganda. But Russian TV is superior to the ABC, yes. to CNN, and Foxtel, and it they is. have lots and lots of good argu- uh, articles. If you you can you can uh, download it onto your computer or no no. Well, okay. they really talk about Putin, which is probably a relief, but uh, on. The Middle East, and that you will learn stuff yeah. on Russian TV that you won't learn anywhere else. Yeah. Now, of course, they've got a bias towards Russian foreign policy, but it's not evident, and the level and the quality of the discussion that takes place exceeds. It's very high. Is, it's it, very high. It gives you another perspective in any event. That's you can right. either agree with it or not, but at least have a look at it. That's so, right. That's you know, right. easy to download. Um, and download. 3CR is, is in Australia. What other independent media is of the quality of 3CR? Nowhere. None. So if you don't want Murdoch, Murdoch and more Murdoch and Murdoch-ized ABC, well, yeah. we're it. We're it. It's important that and you say, oh, well, you know, I shouldn't have to pay for radio. Well, you do pay for radio. You pay it every pay time you. you buy anything because you're paying for the advertising. Yes. You're paying for the lies that are told about various products. Now, we don't do uh, any of that. We don't get corporate responsibility.